Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. everyone it's your main guy here paul wharton of the paul wharton show so i hope everyone is having a fabulous week i'm coming to you from dc here in the full service radio studio with my friend the very worldly and sophisticated darnell perkins hey darnell hi my love how you doing i'm fantastic how are you (laughs) i'm fantastic also sitting in studio today is my most favorite intern at Paul Wharton Style, Sydney Jackson, on her way to Syracuse. Hey, Sydney. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm great. Good to have you here today. Thank you. So I feel like it's about time for me to do some traveling. Y'all know how I like to travel, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And you used to harass me, Darnell, when I would go away. You used to say, again? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So today I want to talk about travel for pleasure, you know, leisure travel. Travel for no reason other than to lower your blood pressure and recharge your spirit. It's needed. Isn't it needed? It's needed. It's like getting up, taking a bath every day. That's definitely needed. Put yourself in some (laughs) hot, soapy water. So I'm a big fan of international travel, and I'm going to share my travel flow today. I'm going to teach you the secrets of how I went to Italy last summer for six weeks with one carry-on bag. Well, you have friends in Italy, so that's the difference. (laughs) You just buy everything new. (laughs) You just buy everything. But first, I want to talk about something new that I learned from my internist, Dr. Teresa Stone. She's a fabulous doctor here in D.C. Um, We were talking about mental health, happiness, and loneliness. So I'm in my doctor's office, um, and I was telling her about my daily flow, because she was asking me how much rest do I get, and we talked about that, and I, I was talking about where I like to go for coffee. Sometimes I make my own coffee. But I mentioned to her that every morning when I'm walking down the street, I say, like, hello, good morning. Yes. How y'all doing? <laughs> you yes. know, like, that's kind of my thing. Yes. And some people, you know, of course, they're on it and they say, hey, good morning, back. Or, but some people, it kind of stops them in their tracks. They're not used, used to, to people saying, Good morning. Are you that type of person? I'm, you... I'm totally that type of person. I can be anywhere and start and strike up a conversation. Like, hi, yeah. how are you? How are the kids? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's just our personality. Exactly. Exactly. So um, it's interesting. It actually has a name. It's called micro interactions. Really? It's called micro interactions. And she also told me that it can help you live longer. Oh, wow. I yeah. can believe that. That's interesting, huh? So I have a little tape from her. Check out Dr. Teresa Stone talking about happiness, loneliness, and micro-interacting. Thank you, Paul. What physicians are learning now is that 80 to 90% of chronic illnesses can be reversed or prevented with lifestyle interventions. By chronic illnesses, I mean hypertension, diabetes, and some cancers. Lifestyle interventions include exercise, eating healthy, 
stress reduction, sleeping more than sleeping seven hours or more a night, and community. Surprisingly, happiness and well-being and a sense of belonging is one of the most important lifestyle interventions. So much so that a couple years ago, the Surgeon General, Dr. Murphy, called loneliness one of our biggest challenges. He called loneliness a health epidemic. Loneliness has doubled since the 1980s. And someone who says that they're lonely, who doesn't have a friend that they can call, has as big as cardiovascular risk factor as someone that's smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Early studies have shown that micro, even micro-interactions can help prevent loneliness and increase a sense of, long, of well-being and longevity. Micro-interactions are saying, are small interactions like saying hello or speaking to someone that you're not to, particularly connected to, someone that you don't really know. So like saying hi to someone in a coffee shop or on the metro or in your office. These studies have shown that certain markers that we can tell if someone is stressed and these markers also can, uh, over a period of time, can lead to hypertension, diabetes, and heart disease. Actually lower when people have these micro-interactions. It increases a sense of happiness, well-being, and belonging. Thank you, Paul. It's been a pleasure. So, so interesting. Thank you, Dr. Stone, um, for that. So, it's not just about being polite. It actually can help you live longer and as black people you know we have to worry about high blood pressure hypertension diabetes yeah so anything that can help with that it seems like this is something um that's really important i i I believe that but i also believe it's something that you just do i don't know it's like being neighborly it's like there are just things that you just you know that you do and you will be surprised some people they do get a reaction like oh my god like you know it's i even was in a uh, grocery store that striked up a conversation and so the young lady uh she had a young kid with her and the kid was like mom do you know him and so <laughs> yeah. and so the you know so it's not really people don't normally do it even the kids were like well why is this guy talking to you yeah but we really had a great conversation um, and I, I do believe that that helps brighten up someone's day. You'd never be you'd be surprised at what people are going through. Absolutely. And then they went out the next and they went out into the streets and someone gave them a smile and a good morning and have a good day. I, 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 I didn't know the, I didn't know it had a title or name to it. But it's good to know that um, that we are doing our part. Paul Wharton. <laughs> so interesting. I was watching a story about a guy that jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, wow. He tried to commit suicide. I think it was the year 2000. Um, and he ended up living and he said in the story, first of all, the first thing he said was as soon as his hands and feet cleared the bridge, he had instantaneous regret, instant regret. Oh, wow. Isn't that something? That is something. He was crystal clear on that. And the other thing he said, if, uh, is if someone had said hi to him that morning, if someone had said, how are you doing today? He wow. said he wouldn't have done it. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That's, that's very interesting that he's putting the blame on someone else. 
can't you? Know I'm, what? I'm, I said I'm sorry. Darnell, Darnell you do too much. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. But I mean. Well, let me tell you something. I'm sorry. But, you know, oh, wow. That's a bit much. Well, you know, suicide is serious. And there are suicide prevention hotlines. Please check that out. If you're someone that needs to talk to someone, you can definitely get the help that you need. But I have to admit something. When I get in the elevator in the morning, because I live in a building where people don't often speak. So yes. I get in the elevator. Good morning. And if someone doesn't respond back to me, I'm like, I said good morning. <laughs> no, I mean, it goes to a whole nother level. I can instantly be enraged. Really? Yeah. Because I'm like, how are you going to be in a tight space? And then their response is normally like, oh, I'm sorry. Good morning. They're not used to it. Or you say good morning to someone like, good morning. And mm-hmm. they're like, Good morning. <laughs> I, you can't be responsible for, you know, I think as a kid, did your mom ever tell you it's not the way you're not responsible for how they basically treat you. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for how you treat others. Okay. So you just, you know, at this age, I don't expect a whole lot. I just get in my routine and I just try to make everyone as happy as I am. And I understand if you're working a job that you hate and, and you're in situations mm-hmm. or whatever. So I try to be the light, but I've always, you've always been that person that tried to brighten up someone, someone's day. But as long as we do our part, yeah. so don't get all worked up if the response is not really what, what you are, what you really want or what you are expecting. Exactly. That is so interesting. Sydney, What's your experience with the micro interacting? Because I just did want to mention that sometimes it can be like micro interacting gone wrong. Like when you hold the door for someone yeah. at Starbucks yeah. and they whiz out and don't say anything. How do you react to that? Do you just let it go and just kind of close the door behind them or you say, <laughs> you know what I say? <laughs> can I say it? No. no. Okay. Bleep that part, yeah, but, but you, say work you, around it. You know what I say? <laughs> <laughs> Sydney, what about you? (laughs) I don't know. I just, I would ignore it. I think that if someone's not as happy as I am, then that's their own life and their own struggles or whatnot. Like, those are things that I can't control. But like Darnell was saying, just put out what you want to receive in the world. And if that's positivity and kindness, and if you don't receive that back from other people, that's not on you, that's on them. Yeah. So... So thinking about when we're not having the best day, if we're having a horrible day, are we on the receiving side and someone comes up to us, good morning, and we just may not be in that headspace. How are you responding to them? Good morning. No, I I respond, really, I'm that person, the energy that you give me, I just, it just, it's like it's a, uh, what do you call it? When you you connect, it's like it's very... um, It's electrifying. Okay. When someone actually gives me that, oh my God, good morning. It's so good to see you, Darnell. And I'm like, oh my God, good morning. It's like it just it just goes right back. It it pumps it pumps you up. Yeah. Um again, but you are not people, there are a lot of people who are not happy. And so, and we've had this conversation time and time again. It's like you cannot you cannot be responsible for for other people and the way they feel. You can only try your best to make them feel good as you feel about yourself. That's really good advice. Yeah, you got you got it. You know, I feel good. And then, I'm sorry, this beautiful, your beautiful intern, Sydney. Sydney, 
when you're looking at people like Sydney and I'm sitting here looking at Paul Wharton, you guys are very attractive people. Attractive people normally feel good about themselves. And I know I'm going to get a lot of you, you know. So you. you wake up looking at yourself in the mirror. I w- it's the first thing I, I think about. I wake Gosh, up. I, look I wake up looking at myself in the mirror. I say, "Good morning, Darnell." You have to. You really, 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 really have to. If you don't feel good about yourself, yeah. And some people call it um, arrogant. Some people call it whatever they call it. But why should you not feel good about yourself? And the way you feel about yourself, in my opinion, I'm not a therapist. I'm not mm-hmm. a psychiatrist or a psychologist. But the way you feel about yourself pretty much it, it goes out into the universe. Yeah. And so that's why you're walking down the street with that beautiful hair swinging Paul Wharton <laughs> talking about good morning. And if I saw you walking down the street yeah. smiling and happy and, and, and doing your thing, it, it, it really, you know, it would make me feel good about myself and my day. And I would sure. just feel like, you know what, this is going... So yeah, going back to the guy that said if someone would have spoke to him and said good morning or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that would have cured whatever he was going through, but it would have... I know helped because energy positive energy yeah. i think it it flows through like it goes like to each other yeah. it goes from breast to breast and heart to heart exactly mm-hmm. well you know i'm from cleveland and that's where the majority of my extended family is and i know that some of the women in my family my great aunts those type of people they say hmm she really does love herself so in the black community it's kind of like if you love yourself that's a bad thing. It, it, Is that pe- your people, same experience? People consider it arrogance. Yeah. People, people think it's arrogant or mm-hmm. not being a narcissist or, or being a person that, you know, this, you only think about yourself. But I, I think totally opposite. I believe that you should think, think highly of yourself. And, and again, even though you're thinking highly of yourself, I'm looking at, my, at you, Paul, because I know you're in a relationship with you, but you are the most give, one of the most giving people that oh, I know. So, again, it's, it has nothing to do with, yeah. I think you have to, and also you have to be in a position to have things in order to give out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to be in that position. I don't know how you could love someone else, and RuPaul says it all the time, you know, you got to love, how the hell are you going to love somebody else if you don't love yourself? If you don't love yourself, yeah. absolutely. So, Self-love is a good thing. What have you learned in your young life, Sydney, about loving yourself and putting yourself first? Well, it's the most important thing, I think, especially being a black woman, because we're not looked at as, like, the most prized possessions on the earth. So if you don't love yourself and your skin and other girls that look like you and pump everyone around you who you identify with up, then, you know, no one else is going to pump you up. No one else is going to make you feel good about yourself if you don't, you know, already do that for yourself and look in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful and I'm strong and I'm confident. And then, again, project that around to everyone else around you. So, and also just being young. Like, now I have a lot of role models who look like me, who I can look on TV or look in political positions and things like that. But... A lot of the women who are older than me didn't have that. Yes. And so they, they look down on, you know, the younger generations who are really out here loving themselves with the, whatever bodies and whatever features that they have. But they didn't have that, so they don't have those skills to project onto themselves and then to other people. Yes. So. I agree. Very yeah. interesting. I agree. Yeah. So, you know, I was thinking last week when things are going really well and, you know, you look on people's Instagram, including my own, of course, mm-hmm. I put the highlight reel, you know, 
why would I share with the public <laughs> the down times? Yeah. I'm dealing with that stuff myself, you know? Yeah. But when things are going well, as they kind of are going well right now for me, um, one thing, it's like I looked up the other day and I said, something's missing. Like, what is it? You know what I realized? I used to be, I volunteered with DC Child and Family Services Foster Youth Division for nine years. Really? And every year we put on a fashion show. Okay. And so the kids that don't get adopted as much as the younger kids, the older kids is 16 and you stay in service until 21 here in DC. Yeah. So those kids had very few activities. They weren't really looking to, they kind of knew they weren't going to be adopted. So they were just in the system. So I said, well, I'm going to work with those kids and I want to produce a fashion show and we will have them, the girls that are good at makeup, they'll do makeup. The ones that want to model can model. Some can be the choreographer. Someone, you know, some can work behind the scenes. But we all kind of work together to put on this show. We started at the Fairmont Hotel and we worked our way up to Arena Stage. Oh wow! Yeah, so we did great, great work. So every year, I knew that I could be pushing my Paul Wharton stuff and pumping my own thing. But I knew for three months of the year, I'd be working with those kids. Oh, that's awesome. And then for about four years, I was the ambassador against hunger at the Capital Area Food Bank. I remember that. You know? I remember that. So for people that don't know, Capital Area Food Bank is under Feeding America. And they provide 700 partner agencies, so soup kitchens and shelters, um, 30 million pounds of food, half of which is fresh produce, thanks to Michelle Obama. Yes, When absolutely. she was in office. So she did that. So that also filled me up. There was always something I knew around the holidays. I knew that I was really involved in the summertime because a lot of kids that go to school don't have food at home in the summer. And that's a big issue because they go and they eat at school, usually breakfast and lunch. Yes, yes. And sometimes that's the only meal they get. Did y'all know that D.C. is ranked like number two in the whole United States for children at risk for hunger? Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm, It is. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. I mean, yeah. So anyway, so I say all that to say something was missing and I realized I'm not the community part. Me giving back, me jumping in and helping people like I haven't really been up on that. What do you feel about that? Well, we need to get to it. Get to it. What do you do? So, you know, I do work with Martha's Table. Shout out to their new CEO, uh, Kimberly Ford. And uh, and it's funny you mentioned that because she actually just, and, you know, they deal with, uh, they used to be on 14th Street right in the U Street corridor. And they moved their office. They moved their uh, their building over. Have this amazing building over, um, and uh, Anacostia, where the where the need really you know there's a lot of kids who are part of child and family services and 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 below the poverty line in that area. And you know, I was at the their dinner just last week, mm-hmm. and she literally just asked me. She was like, "I really want to talk to you and Paul." Yeah. And um, because they have these little boutiques where they actually give away clothes or whatever and see if you guys can do a fashion show for I us. I love it. So that's something. So that's, that's why you said that because I haven't even mentioned it Let's to you do yet. It. But that's something that we, that we definitely, definitely can do. Um, but like you said, it's not necessarily um, what, you, what you say um, or I know you did a lot of work with Child and Family Services. You did work with the, with the, food, with the food bank. But 
and I say this to Christians all the time, it's what you do in your daily walk. Yeah. It's the person, it's the homeless person mm-hmm. that you may give some change to or bring a cup of coffee out when you come out of Starbucks. It's the, it's the things that you do on a, it's, it's your lifestyle. It's the way you live in your giving back. Absolutely. So don't, and I get it, I get what you're saying, but you know, like, but I get on Paul, I know we're going to talk about the travel, but I get on you all the time because you work so much and I know that, um, including any extra would, would really, really probably just take you over to like, well, when do you sleep? You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. So don't, don't beat yourself up about that. Um, you, I do know that you give, you give a lot and we, and you do it on a daily basis. It's just not with a particular group. You know what? That's right. Yeah. Actually, it's how you walk through it's life. It's how you walk through life. I Absolutely. Know you can't walk through DC without encountering, uh, the, our major homeless ec- epidemic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sydney, what do you do to give back? Um, I do a lot of community service. Uh, I do a lot of community service through you, Mm -hmm. actually. That's where all my hours came from for school. (laughs) Um, But I think for me, my biggest cause is especially with women. So I think for mine, my cause is like female entrepreneurs, especially being that, especially younger girls who I do a workshop um, throughout the week which is with younger girls and we do like art and fashion and we teach them how to bring an entrepreneurial spirit into their art so that they can sell things and that they can profit from things and work ways to bring themselves out of that uh, their socioeconomic status that they were born into so that they can be something greater because they can be but they don't they need the tools to know uh, what to do with that so yeah I love that Sydney thank you awesome (laughs) proud of you I want to get happy because I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) And even by you with Sydney and and all of your interns, I see you pour out with young people and mentoring them and teaching them um, when it comes down to fashion and art and entrepreneurship. So again, stop, you know, I want you to really stop beating yourself up. I think you just feel like you just need to be working, doing something 24 hours a day. And that's just not, that's not possible. I just need to sit down. You need to just relax. And, but again, you do take your trips. Oh, well, let's talk about that. Oh, you take your trips. <laughs> mm-hmm. I this one, he, this one here would go on a vacation. <laughs> we'll see him on Instagram. I'm pretty serious about my vacation. <laughs> you know what? Oh, you are too many This things. one here, you will take a trip. And I think it's time. I haven't done a trip in a while. What's a while? Um, I haven't been away uh, since. When did I go to Rome last? It was, uh, it was winter. It was, was it? Yeah, it was winter. I don't think so. You were somewhere in the winter. August. Was that August? It was in August. I have not been away. This doesn't make any sense. Listen, I need to talk about recharging your battery. I need to do that. Yeah, I do too. So getting ready for, Sydney was just asking me where I'm going, and she always goes to the beachy places. And you yeah. kind of go to beachy places too. Yeah, I, I like Asia. I used to do Europe a lot. Mm-hmm. But How I, was Tulum? Oh my God, Tulum is really, 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 really beautiful. Is it cheap? Tulum, Tulum. Is, Tulum is cheap. Tulum is, is pretty. It's just it's just gorgeous. Did you see uh, the the, uh, the ruins? Of course, mm-hmm. I, I, the ruins. The food was amazing. But but again, Tulum has become a place where a lot of celebrities are visiting. Mm-hmm. And so, even though you have like your local places that you can eat, your mom and mm-hmm. pops. But you do have. We were in some restaurant that you go up into like a treehouse. Mm-hmm. The architect. I mean, the way they're building these 
buildings out of all of their own material. Yeah. It's it's priceless. But you can it can get priceless. It can get pricey. We went to a little boutique, and you know we love our caftans. Yes. And um, <laughs> well, I I was I you was, thought you were going to go in there. And I thought just show I out. thought I was going to go in there, and I was I was like, oh my god! I saw the caftan through the window, and it was just amazing. And we were in this really cute little ritzy area. Well, come to find out, you know. You know, you have people like Oprah Winfrey, and those people have been mm-hmm. in this particular boutique and have been in this mm-hmm. restaurant. Well, long story short, the caftan in Tulum, <laughs> the caftan in Tulum was six was six thousand dollars. Oh no! And so again, you know, I didn't get it because I don't have six thousand dollars to pay for a dress. Sure, sure. Um, so yeah. I went to one of the local little shops or whatever, and I found me some cute little pieces for like fifty bucks and sixty bucks. So Tulum, Tulum was Tulum was awesome. So you're kind of known, Darnell, for um, your fashion sense and your over the top kind of way about you. Well, yeah. <laughs> when you travel, do you take a lot of stuff? I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because traveling is is different now. Mm-hmm. You know, you, who wants to be walking around with a whole bunch of luggage and they checking everything? Not me. And it's just a lot. And and again, and when you travel, um, I try to at least visit. Like when I'm in Paris, I you know I try to go over to Nice and Cannes, and so I may spend four days here, three days there. And and you, you don't really need you don't you need maybe a, a blazer just yeah. in case you go to a, a, a dinner that requires a, a blazer but normally it's like it's shorts and t-shirts and, yeah. and and flip-flops exactly so i went to italy last summer and i'll tell you a little bit about this trip but i went to italy with a backpack and um a carry-on bag yes so my suitcase i i was able to carry on so the way i was able to do it and i'm going to tell you i had so many outfits i don't know if you noticed but I had a lot of outfits. But did you bring anything that you can interchange? Like, did you like wear the same pants but wore, wore different jackets? So how did you do absolutely, that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the first thing is I rolled everything. So I took, I decided that all the stuff that I wanted that was dry cleaned, that I wanted to take in my bag, I put all that into the dry cleaner together. I got it back. Uh, did I take? No, no. I took all the hangers out. Well, somebody did okay. at my house. Yeah. So I took all the hangers out and I folded that down. I like rolled it. Really? It came out perfect. I need to try that. That's I rolled awesome. it and I put that in the bottom. So then I rolled all the clothes, even the underwear. I rolled it tight. You know, everything is freshly washed and, mm-hmm. and ironed. So it, you know, it's flat. Yeah. My friend got me these packing cubes and it changed my life. Do you have these packing cubes? No, tell me about the oh packing cubes. So Henry Bendel, before they closed on Fifth Avenue, she got us these monogrammed packing cubes cubes and they have made my life just so much more fabulous because they're all different sizes maybe they're like five of them okay so the smallest one you use a zip ziploc bag or your cosmetic bag and you put all your cosmetics in it you know that the, you know i always do carry on so they have to be under 3.4 ounces yes. for everything y'all know that right mm-hmm. and then there's another bag one level up for your accessories your ties your handkerchiefs your scarves all that and then another level up you can put shoes in and then the, the last two you can put your clothes in really and it just confines everything because you pack it into the cube and then you zip that up and put that in your suitcase i love it can you still buy them yes where Everywhere. Oh my god! I'm going to look them on Amazon. I mean, I got the fancy ones because my friend got them for me. Yeah, I'm going to look that up because that sounds like it would be a lifesaver. Now, one other thing that I like to do, and I really am very thoughtful of this, when I 
go to the airport. For one thing, I'm from the school of you dress up when you travel, especially internationally. I don't go on there with like sweatpants and oh flippers. Oh my god, and all I that. look homeless when I travel. No, I don't. Because you're wasting an opportunity to like have all you layer up. So you have, you know, a cool t shirt, a shirt over it, a jacket, pants, a scarf. A lot of things that you want to wear on your trip, you just, you wear it. Yeah, well, you know what, Paul? I'm not going to bite my tongue on this one, sweetie. <laughs> the reason why you get to get all dressed up and look all cute, you know, I'm in my sweats and a t-shirt and some flip-flops. That's because <laughs> you're in first class. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I don't have kids. That's I don't thing. have <laughs> <laughs> You I have a dog. I don't have kids either, but I, I cannot... You know what? I, I put it in the universe. Yeah. I want a Tesla and I want to fly, fly first class. Yeah. I put that in the universe. So I, don't, I can't afford to fly first class. Well, I tell you, sometimes I look back there in the middle of a flight and I'm like, damn, y'all still sitting up? <laughs> they still got y'all sitting up? Oh, that I, is cruel. Wait a minute. I, but I have a secret to that. <laughs> what? I, but I hear now the airlines are charging you for this. I... I um, I, when I'm flying internationally, because you know the flights are forever, yeah. um, I ask for the emergency aisle. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you sit in the emergency aisle, basically you have like lots of leg room. But the and, seat doesn't go back, right? Um, uh, I don't know. I think the seat does go yeah, back. Yeah, I don't think I don't, it does. I That's the whole thing. But even if the seat does not go back, I'd rather have the leg room. Mm-hmm. Because when you're traveling for like 15 hours or 12 hours or however long it takes to get to wherever you're going, um, it, it's, it can be really, really uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah. you know. So that's why I'm in my sweats. Because when I'm in my sweats, I can always kind of just get up and, you know, but never jeans and, and slacks. But I tell and, you, if you dress nicer and there was a seat available in first class, they might upgrade you. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I'm not taking that chance on a 20-hour <laughs> flight and some jeans and a suit. And I'm sitting back there and just like, you know what, I'm uncomfortable. I wear my sweats. I wear my, you know, I, I just, I used to dress up though i used to dress up a lot i just don't dress up a lot anymore the airport is fun to me i love it i I hate it now i saw the interview with rupaul and oprah did y'all see this the recent one that they did on super soul i didn't see it so they did an interview and oprah was saying that gail told her that she ran into rupaul on a plane and gail looked like she was homeless on this flight she was like that's the way you look okay she sees rupaul and he is perfect the suit is perfect and and Oprah was like, wow, she, you blew her mind. Just how fabulous you look. He said, well, the easiest thing a man can do is just you throw on a shirt, you throw on a suit. And people treat you differently. I agree. He said people treat you differently. And he also said that for the people, the drag queens that he mentors, mm-hmm. he says, you know, wear a suit and you'll make more money. Really? That's what he believes. Because people just see you in a different way. Well, when, I'm going to start putting on suits again. Yeah. Yeah, like I put on a jacket today because you I look fantastic. Yeah, but you, you look expensive. I know, but you know, you saw me last week. I had on my. <laughs> I'm known for coming out in my sweats and my slippers. I'm just so I and I and that's I don't know how I used to really really get dressed all the time, um, but now I just like I just love yeah love being very comfortable yeah I so get you're going to break me out of that because yeah, i'm going to break yeah, out of you're going to break me out of that so another thing that you should remember is to make a packing list and you don't make that the night before you know weeks before your trip you just start you get one list and you just start adding things on everything you're going to need because people that procrastinate you will inevitably leave something you make a packing list i do i don't I make a packing list. And I need list. one. 
I see everything you do. You do everything right. I, I'm a procrastinator. I I would start packing well, like to get day. there, and you're not going to have the shoes you want. You're I not know. Gonna, you know. I'm you always your outfits. I'm always forget. I was at a wedding uh, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we had to go out of town, and had my beautiful white uh, tuxedo shirt. But guess what? I forgot. I forgot the little buttons to yes. button down yes. to button the shirt, the cufflinks, <laughs> and I remember I remember taking it out of the dresser, but I just did not pack it. So you're right. I really, really, really need to get better at that. You got to get better at that. I need to get better at that. The other thing, because I hear you know I've never traveled on Spirit Airlines, um, but you see you know, Sydney's laughing because <laughs> you see this twenty nine dollar flight. But you really need to know how much their baggage fees are, because I read that Spirit Airlines or I've read that Spirit Airlines charges up to one hundred dollars for carry on bags. I've never traveled Spirit. I don't know. But, you know, you really need to know what the baggage fee is for whatever airline you're traveling. And also and how much to pack because they weigh the bags. Yeah, they 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 weigh these bags. And it's and it's just it's it's ridiculous. Um, So that's another way to cut down on what you really need to pack, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because. Because when you go over, is it 50 pounds? How many pounds? I think it's 50 it? pounds. 50 pounds? Well, that's... Um, they start charging Is that just domestic 50 pounds? Is it a little higher for international? I, I don't... I don't remember. I okay. try to stay under 50 pounds, whether it's domestic or international. Mm. Never check essential items. Have you ever... If you are a kind of person that checks luggage, have you ever checked something that you absolutely need in your bag? Yeah. Yeah? Like my computer. Yeah. I'll put it in the my actual my big suitcase and not my carry-on cuz I like I won't drop it or, like, mm-hmm. I mean it could get dropped but it's safer if it's like under the, all the clothes and layers and things like that. But yeah. How about you, no? Mm, no. Eh. Okay. No. <laughs> I normally so on my carry-on I normally you know I carry it like a I guess it's a man purse. I always have like some type of bag. No, it's a, it's just a purse. It's a purse. <laughs> it's just a purse. It's not a man purse. It's just a purse, sweetie. Well, when I <laughs> when I'm carrying my purse, I normally keep all of my all of my my very important things um, uh, in 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 my purse. And uh, but what I did had to what I did learn. Uh, as far as your fragrances and stuff, yeah. oh my god! I I remember I was we were going to uh, Bangkok, and I made the mistake of having a really <laughs> expensive bottle yeah. of fragrance that was in my bag, my carry on, okay. and it was over the what three? Yeah, three point four ounces. Three point four ounces. That was a big fragrance. Big uh, bottle of fragrance. Yeah, it was, it was my fragrance, but I always carry that fragrance in my bag. I just forgot to to mm-hmm. check it or mm-hmm. to take it out the bag. So long. <laughs> long story <laughs> short, um, I I was not leaving that fragrance there. I I don't. Uh, you doused yourself in it. No, and no, screamed? no. I I end up um, I end up talking to one of the. Luckily, someone I end up mailing it back to really yeah i ended up having it mailed back to dc it was like it was like a 300 it was like either creed or something that i was not going to leave okay i was not going to leave it there and uh, i'd leave it to get on my flight no well no no i was not good no this was like a really good fresh 
big yeah. you know a, mm-hmm. a fragrance and fragrance is expensive and um but i wasn't running late or anything like that so i figured out a way so um, and that's a good that's a good hustle that's a good uh business for someone to get a place at the airport and actually do like they can mail your stuff out or if you forget like what happened to me yeah. um when we were in new york the other day you know there's a there's a place that holds your luggage yes while you're like yeah, doing absolutely. like you have to check out early mm-hmm. and there's a place that will hold your luggage and they only charge you like ten dollars yeah. and then they close at seven o'clock so you know you want to make things convenient but again you don't want to be you want to be careful what you have in your personal bag because otherwise you would have to leave it absolutely speaking of that merce that you carry see i'll, I'll now make it a merce oh i like it <laughs> slightly mannish purse <laughs> don't forget your passport people do not forget your passport and it has to have at least two blank pages and be valid um within six months oh wow i didn't know that and there's something yeah i called my friend that's a travel agent two blank pages at least two blank pages you know sometimes it'll be full up yeah you know uh, right yeah now. yeah yeah but let me ask you this yeah tell me I don't. Re- I think when did I renew my passport? I think it was probably. I think it's every four- ten years. Is right? it every ten years? Okay, because I think I just renewed it probably four years ago. So every ten years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You sure? I think so. Okay. I'm not sure, but, know, but when it need- expires, renew it. Yeah. We, oh, is it, does anyone know? We don't want anyone to think. Do you know? I don't know. Uh, do you know? I think it's ten years. I think you're right. Okay. I think I'm right. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> ten years. All right. So I have six more years. So also travel insurance. You ever think about that? Travel insurance is very important. Mm-hmm. Travel, I always get travel insurance. You do? I do. Some stuff always comes up. Either you, you know, I remember we were, um, I was last year in 2018 when we were in the vineyard and I had this beautiful apartment in the vineyard and the only reason why I was able to get this apartment because the person that had the apartment, they had an emergency <laughs> and they could not... Um, and they cannot go during the week that I was in Martha's Vineyard. Long story short, I was like, well, you know, how much is it? You know, I, I know it's going to because you already paid or whatever, whatever. Well, they actually had travel insurance wow. in case of like emergencies where they were reimbursed and it was no problem. So I was actually able to get the apartment. So it can get a little pricey, though. Oh, it, it, it can get it can get but pricey, it's worth it. but it's definitely worth it. It's, it's not so bad that you were like, oh, my God, this is too expensive, because if something comes up and then you were totally out of your whole ticket your whole uh stay it can be even worse than what the what the insurance would cost you know the credit card companies have gotten a lot better now you don't really have to call them but i would say to call your bank and let them know that you're traveling internationally absolutely and the other thing is you can also get an additional uh debit card just to just to pack away somewhere because if your things get stolen I didn't you need think to get your that. hand on some cash. I like that. Yeah. And, and you can also get your money changed. Is it cheaper to change your money um, at the bank before you travel? I usually change it at the airport before it, I go. Is it a, oh, at the airport before you go? Yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, I end up getting more when I get there, usually, because yeah. I don't want to walk around with that much cash, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What about Airbnbs? How do y'all feel about I'm not sure how I feel about staying at an Airbnb. I'm not a huge fan yet. Um, I don't know. I've I've not stayed in an Airbnb. I gotta tell you, on traveling. It depends on the city. It really depends on where you are. Are I you? Th- in, I think it, Jack. That's Jack, our producer. Jack, are you an Airbnb expert? Rarely do I stay in one, but there are times, like for instance, Iceland. Oh, 
right? Okay. Like an Airbnb is going to be way better there than whatever bootleg hotel yeah. they might have. But if I'm in LA or Chicago, no way. I'll be, exactly. in, I'll be in a hotel. Exactly. Is anybody ever concerned that a voyeur might live there and they might plant cameras around? That's what I kind of think about sometimes. That's creepy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't I, think no, about that nobody yet. Nobody thinks about that? No, I didn't think about that. You don't think they got cameras, cameras in hotel rooms? Well, they do. Erin Andrews, right? Is that her name? Yeah. The sportscaster? Uh-huh. So just as much a chance that they're filming you in your hotel Wait a room. Inside the room? It was in the vent or something like that. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. That's yeah. not legal. No, of course it's not legal, but it can happen. So Airbnbs. I don't know how I feel about that. Sydney, do you all ever stay at Airbnb? No. No? No. My mom, I mean, my mom says it's not safe. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, if you're on a resort or in a hotel that you know is safe and nice, then... You know, you don't have very much to worry about, but staying in someone else's like home or wherever you're renting it out from, like that could be sketchy. You know what's interesting? What Lady Gaga only stays at Airbnbs. Do you know that? Wait a minute, but, but you know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go back a little bit. Yeah. When I was in New York for Karen, my girlfriend's birthday, okay, she actually rented an Airbnb on the Upper East Side. Um, it was it had two terraces. It was. Uh, Three bath, three bedrooms. It was actually really, 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 really mm-hmm. nice. So mm-hmm. yeah, I did stay in an Airbnb uh, when I traveled with my uh, with my lawyer friend Karen, my lawyer and friend Karen Todd. Um, but when I normally travel internationally, but you get like when you travel like the way we travel, you really get points and yeah. you get hotel points and travel points. So it's not really it's not really bad. And I also belong to a travel club. And oh. with this travel club, with the Southeast Travel Club, it's, it's just three of us. And we pretty much, we split. <laughs> but it, we, well, but again, that's another tip. Okay, well, tell me about that's that. That's another tell tip. Tell me about this travel club. All that, well, when you're traveling with people, pretty much, you got to make sure that you're tra- you can travel with a wrong group of people mm-hmm. and you will have a miserable time. Mm. Um, with this travel club, it's just three of us. It's my friend uh, Latrina Owens and Michael Wyatt. And we we plan a trip and we just say, you know, this is what the cost. We normally get like a suite yeah. uh, wherever we're staying. And we just split costs and we, we pay into this club too monthly. Wow. And when we pay into this club monthly, when we travel, like we're scheduled to go to Tanzania in August. Well, we, we put... Uh, $100 a month aside and the $100 a month actually takes care of our um, our Uber and Lyft rides our ride the car picks us up from the airport mm-hmm. drops us off at the airport mm-hmm. it includes our dinners or meals I love it during the cost so, so traveling also not unless you really have you know a boatload of money it is something that you I do suggest that you prepare for absolutely yeah you have to be prepared absolutely so one way to also be prepared is when you're going to Paris like do you speak French I don't speak French, but but the basics. See, I think it's so important just to know the basics. Emily Tours, right? please thank you. <laughs> <laughs> please thank you. Like um, in Italy, so buongiorno. That's good morning. Okay. Buonasera. That's good evening. So I know I'm like rusty on the afternoon. Um, per favore, please. You got to know. Please. Good morning. Good evening. Please. Uh, what else? Oh, my coffee. Un cafe de por favore. Like, I want a coffee. Oh. Give me a coffee. Oh. I like that. What about yeah. food? Oh, I don't ask about that. <laughs> <laughs> but also, food. These days with your phone, like, 
I was in Mexico City, and and if I wanted to say something, I just mm-hmm. looked it up real quick. Yeah. Hit play on the translate, and I'm like, okay, here's how to say it. Oh, it's different I these days, it. you yes. know. You can Isn't do it, it in real time. But I think if people like Italians, if I'm in Italy and they see me trying, yes, then they'll work with me. Yep. More definitely. If I just come up there like, do you speak English? I agree. They do not like that. Oh, in Paris, they are something else. Oh yeah. Because their thing is like. Uh, we have to learn your language. Why do you Americans always come over here and act like you don't want to learn any type of French whatsoever? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing, and I like what Jack said, that is very true. You can do apps now that, that are translators that you yeah. can pretty much use. Um, but when we travel internationally, we use a woman uh, who's a international concierge, and her name is Emily of Emily Tours. And so what she does is she speaks, she speaks four different languages fluently. I love it. And you pay her to travel with you, um, and she makes your arrangements, and she um, she's just amazing. So if you can afford to kind of include an international uh, concierge um, that actually will dictate, uh, will what do you call it, translate, yeah, uh, for you, that that's that's priceless. That's that's very it's worth it. Very nice. It's worth it. So what do I always say in the office, Sydney, about keeping the lights on? Gotta keep them on. You gotta keep the lights on up in here. (laughs) So, the Paul Wharton Show is brought to you by the following sponsors. The Batar Cosmetic Institute is home of the aesthetics enhancing genius Dr. George Batar and his talented staff. Metro Offices. If you're an entrepreneur that wants to take your cluttered home office to an affordable, modern, professional, fully furnished space, Metro Office is the scalable solution for you. And finally, Hungry Catering. DC's premier chef-to-table corporate catering service. Check them out at tryhungry.com, code politics. So I've been reading The Path Made Clear, Oprah's new book. Have y'all heard about that? Uh, no. no. It's her new book, and she takes the best wit and wisdom from different Super Soul Sunday guests from over the years, and it's really interesting. But the whole purpose is to get people thinking about their calling So every night I get kind of quiet Mm -hmm. and I read this book and I try to get closer to what I feel my calling is. Because sometimes when I know, when I think I know, it's not really what it is or it changes. You think? But I think the true calling, you always come back to it. Yes. So what do you think you're meant to do? Uh, Make people happy and entertain and and do what I'm doing. What do you think you're meant to do where you can make money? Entertain? Uh, Host fabulous parties and be around fabulous people like yourself and just live off of your money. (laughs) How about that? So Oprah says to discover (laughs) what it is you are meant to do and then go about the business of doing it. That's her main theme throughout the song. Like, Jack, you seem like you are really in your flow running full service. Thank you. Is this what you? <laughs> is this what you're meant to do? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for a very long time. Even when I was in New York, I've been producing forever. So yeah, I'm yeah, in my flow. Yes. Are you happy? But I always want more. Are you happy? Yeah. Okay. Pretty mu- pretty much, but I'm always hungry. Yeah. Like I always want more. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay, it's good to be hungry. Um, for me, like I've been saying for a long time, that I want a show on PBS. Some of my favorite times is when I did a show when I was working at the CW. I had a Paul Wharton style show. And before that, I did these holiday specials. And for two years in a row, I did it with Paula Dean, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Paula Dean for two years. And we cooked and I decorated. I loved that. 
I absolutely love that. Yeah. And, you know, last year going to Patty's house and for the holiday special home for the holidays, which you all can check out on YouTube or on paulwhartonstyle.com. Just seeing how she does Christmas was so inspiring. I almost like floated out of there. Really? Like, that's what I love. I saw that. That was awesome. Can you imagine you pull up to Patty's, you open the door and Luther Vandross Christmas is blasting. <laughs> when I say blasting, I don't mean it's just, no, it's blasting. You see these huge red poinsettias, huge, bigger than I've ever seen. Bigger than the ones from Costco? No, much bigger. <laughs> <laughs> these came from the poinsettia farm. They look okay? like trees, little trees. Everything was sparkling in the picture frames and the beauty. It's just so beautiful. I love that. I love producing shows like that. But I, I would love to get in the kitchen. Um, I know a lot of divas. I know a lot of celebrity divas. So yes. I want to leverage those relationships. But something as simple as PBS, I never could get an answer about how a content creator pitches a show to PBS. Really? But I've often thought that that's my calling. So I think I might have told you I was at the Jefferson Hotel and yes. I met the president of the PBS Foundation. Yes. So... Not much came from that interaction. I mean, we, we exchanged information and or my friend connected us, actually. And, you know, he kind of was saying he's going to help me along a, a bit. But it made me think I'm always talking about PBS. It was just a sign to me really? to push further. And I pushed further. And now I found exactly how you pitch a show, what's expected with you bringing a sponsor and that whole business. Um, and so I feel like. Even though I do all these other things, yeah. I feel like that is my happy place. Yes. Where I'm meant to be, where I can make money. I want to build a show around a house. Oh, my God. And I've been God. talking about I this know. We for talked, years. You remember we talked about, yeah. like, uh, we both buying uh, our mansions. Yeah. And <laughs> we want to either live <laughs> Look. close. It can either be next door or a couple of doors down. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll call each other and be like, oh, my God, can you come over and help me pick out wallpaper? That and, is the look. Oh, that 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 is that is. See, I'm look. beaming right now. I'm about to float out of here. I know you are. <laughs> but but you know what? No, cause I, but I'm into that, too. Mm-hmm. I love that, too. You know, mm-hmm. I love decorating. Yeah. And I love I love I love beautiful things in your home. Yeah. Um, and um, and so I can see that. I can definitely see you doing that. That would be awesome. You know, but I can't get too into the house and not so much about geographically where it is. Because, you know, you and I had talked about because I'm from Cleveland. Yeah. Now, your money goes far in Cleveland. And it goes nowhere here. It goes nowhere here in D.C. A million dollars here. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. That's like a two-bedroom condo. Yeah, it's not. It's not. You're not You're not going to. You're not going to do much. But, again, when you have... I say go for it, like a beautiful house in Cleveland and keep a small little apartment here in D.C. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually been looking in New Jersey. Jersey is close. Which one is... Jersey is closer. Jersey is so close. Oh, yeah. yes. Jersey is definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. closer. Um, when I first went to Whoopi's on... Uh, Christmas several years ago when I was living in New York in 2014, I okay. think it was. Okay. Uh, she lives in a neighbor, a gated neighborhood. I won't say the name of it, but she lives in a gated community. Okay. And it is the most beautiful. <laughs> I know. It oh is. my God. And the houses are old, but I had been in that house before really? because I did a show on TV one called makeover manner. I don't know if y'all out there have seen that show, but makeover manner aired on TV one. 
And it was a show where we would make over a very deserving person that had overcome something major in their life. Okay. They had lost 200 pounds. One lady, she and her mother got diagnosed with breast cancer the same week her mother had passed, and she was in remission. Okay. And she had her young son on. So we basically, um, Sam Fine did the makeup, George Fuller did the hair, I did the styling, so I worked in the closet, and we would all be in different areas of the home. D. Marshall was the life coach. So we'd make the person over, they'd go from room to room, and then at the end of the show, we would stand in the foyer and they would come down and kind of, we'd do the big reveal and oh, everybody awesome. would cry. So that was actually shot in a house that I loved, loved, loved. So when I got invited to Whoopies for Christmas, I show up at the door and I'm like, I know this house. I mean, of course, I knew instantly the house. That was the house where we shot Makeover Manor. Really? So apparently that summer when we shot the show, um, she bought it right after we shot the show. Wow, that's incredible. And I told her, I said, I used to work in this house. And she looked at me and I was all done up. <laughs> She's like, you used to work in this house? I'm like, yeah, on a TV show. She said, I heard her show was here, but I didn't know anything about it. So I told her all about it, walked around her house and showed her different places where I would hang out and different rooms. Just a beautiful house. Do you, do you prefer old construction or new construction? I like the old houses. I love old construction. Yeah. I, it's just something about old mansions. And, and and also, too, with the newer mansions, they're just like, they look like little um, museums. They look like they're just so, yeah. old mansions are big, but they're just not so big where you don't know, like, you have not been over that other side of the house like sure. in three years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I, I prefer old construction as well. Absolutely. So all these houses are 100 years old. And, and there's this one house that I've really been looking at. It wasn't built that long ago. It was built like in the 60s or 70s. But it's beautiful. It has a pool and it's got a lot of entertaining space. It's, we need entertaining space. Oh, it is really something. It's really something. So I got my eye on it. We'll talk about it. It's just 12 miles from New York City. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So I think, you know, in making that decision, but just getting back to the point of all this, which is finding your passion. And sometimes you do things, especially in your career, that you have to do for money. You yes. have to do it, like I say, to keep the lights on. Yes. And sometimes that one thing turns into another thing and then that becomes your thing and you have kind of gotten off path from your passion. Yes. And sometimes what you're doing is someone else's goal, but it's no longer yours. Absolutely. I totally agree. And so in just keeping it, you know, 100, that's kind of where I am in my life. It's I'm not completely challenged um, I started strong in my 20s. We all you know? start strong in our 20s. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, but I was successful young. Yeah. You know. But you know what? I'm going to piggyback on what you just said. Everything you pretty much do, in my opinion, it goes along with what your long-term goal is. This is true. It's under the umbrella, even down to uh, to the beauty. Oh, my God. Those candles smell so good. Yeah. I, love, I love the Rolls Royce candle. Yeah. That's Ar- Ar- Rolls Ar- 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 candles. Um, <laughs> um, Available at uh, FallWhartonStyle.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everything you do pretty much goes into the whole umbrella, under the umbrella of, of lifestyle. Yeah. And and home decor and candles and skin beauty products and travel, all of that goes under that umbrella. I want you to stop beating yourself up, Mr. Wharton. You're doing a great job. <laughs> I mean, you're doing wonderful. I'm not beating myself up so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, yeah, you're, you're you're doing a great job. 
Unlike me, he's a workaholic. I don't like to work that much. Darnell does not want to do anything. It's like you you want the paycheck, but you don't want to work. (laughs) Give me the check. And how many hours is going to take me to make that that make that amount of money? No, I I but I'm gonna tell you, I just want to have enough money where I can buy some good champagne and we can go out and have a good dinner, and I can at least pay my rent. That's it. And I need a Tesla, <laughs> brand new, and to travel flat internationally, and to travel first class internationally. Exactly, Sydney. You're just starting your life out. You're going to Syracuse. Yeah. You are going to discover your passion. Are you excited about that? I'm so excited about that. Yes. On the way here, she was telling me, I want to have the full college experience. I thought that was awesome. She's beautiful. Isn't she beautiful? beautiful. You're you're going to do well. Pretty people do well. Thank you so much, Sydney. (laughs) I just love you. Have a great experience at school. We will be here. So that was an awesome show. I love talking about travel. I love talking about what we're meant to do, our dreams. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. Darnell, you must be my neighbor. Oh. Two big old houses. Oh, my. Huge. (laughs) Huge. Huge. I'm welcoming in that. We put it in the universe. We're I think it's going to happen. Out there. It's going to happen. Well, I loved having y'all join us today and hit us on social media. I am at Paul Wharton Style on Instagram. Darnell is at the Darnell. Check out uh, travel, beauty, fashion articles on PaulWhartonStyle.com and be sure to tell a friend about our show. If there's something you'd like to discuss on the show, email team at PaulWhartonStyle.com. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye-bye, darlings. Take care. He got the look. He wrote a book. Paul Wharton, he'll get you hooked. Beauty tips and life advice. How to eat right and be feeling nice. Strong woman, strong mind. The inner goddess you will find. Iconic homes, celebrity faces, TV shows, and exotic places. He's there for you if you need to feel better. Paul is here pulling it all together. He's there for you if you need to feel better. Paul is here pulling it all together. He's there for you if you need to feel better. Paul is here pulling it all together. He's there for you if you need to feel better. Paul is here pulling it all together. Woo!